Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Somerset, Kentucky. Please make sure to visit us online at phbcsomerset.com. We want to be a disciple-making church. That's what God has called us to do, to make disciples. And we want to be a place where people are encouraged to trust and follow Jesus and then be equipped to be a servant in the church and a witness in the world. That's what we want to strive towards becoming. Uh, Today, uh, we're going to talk about the first step of that process, and that's called finding Jesus. So my message today is about finding Jesus. I love what uh, Brother Danny shared You know, you go back to the very beginning of the Bible, and it's a hide-and-seek story, is it not? Adam and Eve, uh, they've been told by God, there's only one thing you can't do, and what did they do? They did it anyway. They ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And immediately the Bible says their eyes were open, they began to realize what they had done, And then when they hear God in the cool of the day, here comes God in the garden. He's calling out, Adam, where are you? Kind of like Danny shared, God knew where they were. He knew what they had done. But what did did the Bible say? They they hid themselves. They hid themselves. And you know what? That kind of describes the state between man and God today, even after all these years. We, We are sinners Uh, we really don't become aware of it or think about it until God enters into the story and then we recognize something's different. We're not like Him and we become conscious of our sin. We become conscious of our shame. And guess what? Our natural instinct is to run and to hide. And here's the thing I want you to know about God. He's the seeker. Uh, I believe it was uh, Luke... Let me look this up. Uh, Luke 19.10 is where Jesus said he came to seek and to save that which was lost. I, I don't know if you've ever thought about the words. I want to read them to you today. We've sang them many times. The hymn Amazing Grace. I can remember uh, being a young boy and going to church and I would just watch people sing. And everybody loved that song, Amazing Grace, Brother Don. I mean, everybody sang it, you know. And some would really show their emotions in it. And I'd be like, man, that must be quite a song. I mean, we could sing blah, 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 blah. Amazing Grace. All right. And everybody just comes alive. And you think about the words, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found was blind but now I see and before I became a Christian those words always bothered me what do you mean lost what do you mean found what do you mean blind and now I see now obviously I've come to know Christ since then and believe me I get it but before that I didn't get it I know some of us around here have said that you have to know you're lost before you're saved. That's exactly right. You have to know that you need Jesus before you ever consider Him uh, and and go to Him in your life. Uh, What what really had an effect on me when I came to know Christ is Romans 5.8. Maybe you've heard that Bible verse. Here's what it says. Romans 5.8, But God proves His own love for us in that while we were still sinners... 
Christ died for us. I've always loved that verse because you know what it tells me? It tells me that God is the seeker. He is seeking those that he can show his love and say, listen, I want you to know what I've done for you. I have sent my son to die on that cross for you so that you can be saved. He is the seeker. He is looking for everyone that needs to be rescued. Everyone that is lost this morning. Everybody that's running from God. Everybody that's hiding. He is looking for you. And see, here's the thing. you, You would hear this growing up. Well, you know, they need to clean up their act. Um, I am glad that God's not the kind of God that says, you need to clean up your act, you need to straighten up, you need to get to church, and then we'll deal with you. God never says that, does he? He never says that. You know what he says? He says, come to me. And he lets you know where he is. Hey, come to me. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Uh, Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. God proves that he loves us because while we were still sinners, we were still lost, uh, we didn't know the Lord, we didn't care about God, we didn't have any room or time for him in our lives, and he says, I'm going anyway. I'm going to send my son anyway. He's going to go and die on that cross anyway to show you uh, how much he loves you and how serious he is about pursuing you. And I think that is awesome. You know, uh, the Pew Research Center, that is a, a research uh, organization in America today that tries to keep their pulse on Christianity in America. And uh, they conducted a telephone survey uh, in 2018 and in 2019. They wanted to compare it. And uh, they've done it every year prior to that. And they found that 65% of American adults describe themselves as Christians when asked about their religion, and that's down 12% over the past decade. Uh, Basically, we are witnessing the decline of cultural Christianity. And that's not a bad thing. Uh, You know, you may have grown up where everybody went to church, and that's just the way it was. And that's good. Don't, 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 Don't take this wrong. But church is not a substitute for a relationship with God, okay? Church is a supplement. It it, it supports and and, and helps you in your relationship with God, but it's not a substitute. And we are witnessing the decline of cultural Christianity today. If I could give you a Bible verse that kind of describes what is happening, the Lord gave me a verse from Jeremiah 2, verse 13. You know, Jeremiah was a prophet, not only to Israel, but to all the nations. Uh, and uh, he was the weeping prophet because he would share his message that God gave him to the people and they just wouldn't, they wouldn't hear it and it broke his heart. And in Jeremiah 2.13, he diagnoses the problem that happened in his day and time. Uh, he quotes the Lord and he says this, For my people have committed a double evil. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and dug cisterns for themselves, cracked cisterns that cannot hold water. Now, if you don't know what a cistern is, it's like an artificial reservoir in the ground that you dig out in order to store water. It can retain rainwater. It can retain any kind of water you put in it. And then if you're in a dry area and you need water, there's your cistern. It's going to hold that water until you need it. 
But here is what God was telling the people at that day and time. He says, I'm the fountain of living water. I have an endless supply. If you come to me, you'll never thirst. If you come to me, you'll never go hungry. If you'll come to me, I am everything you will ever need. But you've done two things wrong. Number one, you've abandoned me, the fountain of living water. And number two, you've dug your own cistern, but it's cracked. It can't hold a thing. It would be like instead of going into the kitchen and grabbing a cup or a glass to pour something to drink, it'd be like uh, grabbing, grabbing one of those uh, strainers that you use when you're using pasta or spaghetti. It's got all the holes in it. Good luck trying to drink from that. So the point is this, when we abandon God and when we try to put something else in, its, in His place, it never works. It never fulfills. It never satisfies. And when you look around today, there are so many people in our society and our culture that have turned away from God and they're trying to have their own operation. And guess what? It's not working. And it doesn't satisfy. It doesn't satisfy and it, and it will never work and it will never last. That is the picture that we have today. And that's why we need to find Jesus. And what I want to show you today, if you'll turn to the book of Acts chapter 17, is I want to show you how we can speak to people that, that live their lives turning their back on God and trying to be their own sustainer, their own provider, their own source, and it just doesn't work. There in Acts 17 records an important moment in Paul's ministry when he was in Athens, Greece. Yes, he was in, he was in Greece itself in the city of Athens, and he was around all those Greek philosophers. And uh, he was proclaiming God's word to them. He was sharing ideas that they quite had not heard before. And look at what he says. He goes there in Athens, and picking up in verse 24, he says, I want to talk, well, verse 23, he says, I want to tell you about a God you don't know about. And then here's what he says in verse 24. The God who made the world and everything in it. He is Lord of heaven and earth. He does not live in shrines made by hands. Neither is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives everyone life and breath and all things. So, you know, in other words, there's one God and he's creator. He made everything that you see. He is Lord of life. He is Lord of this earth. He is Lord of heaven. He made us all. And He's not served by human hands. He doesn't need a thing from us. You might walk by a religious building and go, Oh, that's very impressive. But, but that cannot contain God. He's so much bigger than that. That's where we go to meet Him. But He's so much bigger than that. This is the kind of God that we know and serve. He is Lord of heaven and earth. Well, let's go on there in verse 26. From one man, he's made every nationality to live over the whole earth and has determined their appointed times and the boundaries of where they should live. That one man was Adam. He, he created Adam. He created Eve. And then he told them to be fruitful and multiply. And now we have all the people on the planet that we do today. And he says that God is Lord over all. He, know, he, he loves all the nations. Matter of fact, the Great Commission tells us to make disciples of what? All nations. 
And then it says he did this so that they might seek God. And perhaps they might reach out and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. Isn't that good? God wants us to seek him. He wants us to find him. I believe Jeremiah actually said in his letter that if you'll seek the Lord with your whole heart, you will find him. But the problem is many times we're not even looking. We don't even think about God. We don't even care about God. We're living our life. We've turned our back on him. We're digging our own cistern. We've got a lot of stuff that we want to put in our life and we are filling it as full as we can get. But we've abandoned the fountain of living water where we come and we never thirst again. And so here is God saying, here I am, here I am. And then he actually loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us. I want you to look at that verse, Luke chapter 19. In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, Jesus is talking to his disciples. And in Luke 10, or Luke 19, verse 10, he says, For the Son of Man, which he's referring to himself, has come to seek and to save the lost. I want to give you three things to think about this morning. Number one, here's three things we need to realize about finding Jesus. Number one, we can find God because he sent his son to seek and save the lost. That, isn't, that, isn't that awesome? Uh, no matter where you are in your life right now, no matter what stage, no matter what season, uh, whether you're a Christian right now or if you've never come to that point to where you've trusted Jesus Christ, I want you to know that God loves you. And he sent his son to die on the cross for you. And he came to seek and to save. And he has been looking at you. He loves you. He, he, he wants to call your name out and say, hey, come to me. He knows that you've been running. He knows that you tend to go and hide. And guess what? He loves you. He doesn't want any barriers to come between you and him. And so we can find God. I mean, you think about it today, if you were to talk to someone, hey, have you found God? That would be a loaded question, wouldn't it? Well, I'm not sure if the scientists have. No, that's not what I'm asking. I'm not asking a scientific question. Have you found God? Well, I'm not sure where I'd go. Well, where would you go? But I know where you can go. You go to Jesus. You go to Jesus. Jesus said, I have come to seek and to save that which was lost. And when we realize that it's possible to find God, it's possible to have a relationship with God. Why? Because God sent His Son who came to seek and to save the lost, and He died on the cross for our sins. Uh, that is awesome. The second thing I want you to realize is when we find God, we won't remain the same. Look, if you will, in John chapter 1. In the Gospel of John, the first chapter, there's a little story in there about a, a man named Andrew. He had a brother named Simon whose name was Peter, uh, and it's John 1, 40 through 42. Let me, let me read that for you. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard John and followed him. And he first found his own brother Simon, and he told him, "'We've found the Messiah,' which is translated, "'the Christ.'" And he brought Simon to Jesus. And when Jesus saw him, he said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. Now, isn't that awesome? Here's what I want you to realize this morning, is when we find God, we won't stay the same. 
You can't. It's just not going to happen. You know, I go back and look at my life when I came to know the Lord and how He saved me and He changed me and He's still working on me, praise God. You know, when you find Jesus, it's going to change you. Your life won't stay the same. And that's a good thing because He loves you and He saves us. And now when He comes into our life, His mission, His objective is to make us more like Him. We live a godly life. We love God. We love people. And we obey His commands. And it's not burdensome. It's not, it's not a problem. It's not, a, not an issue. We love Him. We obey Him because we love Him. We want to serve Him because He's a good, gracious God. When we find God, we won't be the same. And the third thing I want to share with you this morning is when we find God, He sends us to tell others about Him. Uh, one last verse, Matthew 4.19. Matthew 4.19. Jesus is with the disciples, and He's particularly talking to Peter along with the disciples. And here's what He said. He said, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. You've heard the older rendition, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men, right? In other words, Peter, you've been living your life trying to catch fish. But I want to show you how to reach people for me. I want you to share the good news. I want you to tell them how not only God can come into your life, He's there, He loves you, He's making it possible for, for you to come to Him, but He will change your life. He's kind of like the ultimate fisherman. He catches you first and then he cleans you up. See, people get that backwards. Well, I've got to clean up my life and then I'll come to God. It, it never works that way. It never works that way. But you come to him just as you are and then he changes you and you'll never be the same. And that's the power of the gospel. That's the power of the good news of how Jesus came to save us. And so this morning... I want you to think about finding Jesus. It's my hope, it's my prayer that you already have Christ in your life. And if you do, then God's talking to you this morning just like he talked to Peter. Hey, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men, fishers of people. In other words, now he's sending us out. He's launching us out and he says, I want you to share what God has done in your life with someone else so that they can find Jesus too. Maybe they've never heard. Maybe they don't know. Maybe in their mind they just think, I'm okay. But they need to see the love of God. They need to hear the story about how God so loved the world, He sent His only begotten Son to die on that cross for your sins and mine. Maybe this morning you've never took that first step. Maybe God is speaking to you right now. Maybe you've been running for years, or maybe you've just been hiding in the church pew. And you've never made that decision to cross the line and say, you know what, everything I've done in life has been a broken cistern. I turned my back on God. I've got my own thing going over here. Fill it, fill it, fill it, fill it, fill it. And it don't work. It doesn't last. It's broken. But God says, look, I have put eternity into the hearts of men. That's in Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament. In other words, God's put something inside of us that makes us realize there's got to be more to life than this. And when you realize there is more to life than just living for ourselves, it's the one that God loved and He sent His Son to die on the cross. Now what does that mean when I say God sent His Son to die on that cross? Here's what it means. 
The good news is Jesus is the Son of God. And He left heaven to become a man. He lived and walked among us. He never sinned. And guess what? He lived the life that you and I should have lived because He never sinned. He died the death that you and I deserve because we have sinned. And He was accused of a crime He didn't commit. He died a criminal's death. He died on our behalf. He died in our place. But because He was the Son of God, because He never sinned, He became our Savior. And guess what? He rose from the dead. He rose from the grave on the third day, just like He said He would. And that proves that He really is the Son of God. And now He's calling people everywhere to repent. That means turn from what you're doing and turn and trust and follow Jesus. Trust and follow Jesus. Come to Him. Trust and follow Him. And He'll give you a free gift. The gift of eternal life. That will affect you now and forever. And I can't think of a greater offer than that. It is free, but it's not cheap. Now what does that mean? It's free because it doesn't cost you anything. He's done everything that's necessary to offer it to you. But it's not cheap because it costs God His own Son's life. His body hung on that tree. His blood was shed for you and for me. And so today I want to ask you, have you ever found Jesus? Do you realize that He loves you? Do you realize that He is looking for you? He's wanting to seek and to save that which is lost. He doesn't want anybody to get to the end of their life and stand before Him and say, I didn't know God. Why didn't you give me more time? Why didn't you give me another opportunity? He is going to, he's going to let His grace speak to each and every one of you. And every single one of us has an opportunity. We have an opportunity every day to give our life to God. Maybe God is speaking to you this morning. I don't know about you, but what a great way to start a new year. We've lived our lives enough for ourselves. What would happen if someone here today takes that first step to trust and follow Jesus? That's what it's all about. That's what we want to see happen. Why? Because we know that our God loves us so much that He won't let us stay the same. And, you know, when you look around this room, there are a lot of folks here that have a story to tell of how what God's done in their life and how they're different. They're in a different place now. And that's what it's all about. We want to see what God can do in our church, in our community, because He's changed us. Not perfect. I'll be the first to say, not perfect. But I am so glad I don't have to be. Because He loves me. He died for me. He gives me grace each and every day. And I just want to trust and follow Jesus. That's all I want to do. And so I encourage you this morning, when we think about the, the game of life, hiding, seek. When we think about this mission of finding Jesus, I want to close with a promise. You might say, I'm not sure about all this, Brother Corey. Well, I want to share a promise from God's Word. He says, if you will seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. Are you willing to do that this morning? Maybe God's speaking to you. Maybe He's calling your name. And he's saying, won't you just come to me? Thanks for listening to this sermon podcast from Pleasant Hill Baptist Church. 
To learn more about the church, find out meeting times, or learn how to contact the pastor, please visit phbcsummerset.com.